Welcome back to the Hoddlecast, our church's podcast. I am Pastor Mark. Wow, that's the first time. That, did that feel that good? That felt did that weird. Feel, did you get that out of your yeah, system? I felt weird to say. Are you gonna? I'm are you gonna, gonna put lie. that? Are you gonna start signing Pastor Mark on everything? Uh, We've been there. It's okay. I've been there. Feels weird. Feels yeah. fancy. That first time people call you Pastor Mark, you go, ooh. I mean, it's an honor that. Which what it bestows on you is when people get mad, they now come to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Pastor they Mark, I got go to something to tell you. Yeah, so, You're going to start getting a lot more emails. Good deal. Yeah, it's funny. I'll keep it open. Uh, all right. So let's talk about some things. Uh, we just came out of a series called Messy. Messy Church, right? Messy Church, which is essentially where culture and the church collide. And that gets messy because culture is usually against church for the most part in our modern culture. The church and, and the church are, are very divergent in the paths that they've taken, and especially in the last 20, 30, 40 years. And so when those two things come into conflict or even come into con, you know connection, they get messy because they're, they're different. Because it can be really difficult for the church to understand where the line is with embracing people from culture showing love to people who have different ideologies than you and embracing improper or unbiblical ideologies. Right. right yeah. And it's, and it's difficult. I mean, we, we find this all the time when we're, we, we like to try new things in our church and we like to try new things in ministry. And the balance is always is what we're doing. Biblical is what we're doing. God honoring and is what we're doing. Following the prime directive of, of the great commission which is to make disciples. And when we when we try all of those things together, it gets it gets complicated because there are things that we would like to try that that aid in reaching people in in a in a culture that needs to be reached, but also that that can sometimes for some people um, we try not to blur the line of what's not biblical or not right. If right. that makes sense. While still loving people. While still loving people. And yeah. that's that's the difficult part is how do you love people who are lost because jesus came to reach the lost so jesus came to love lost people people who didn't know him didn't have a relationship with with god he came to give them relationship and give them forgiveness so they could be right and restored with their creator yeah so that meant he came to people who were who were messy it was messy like his love for people was messy we talked about this in this series the pharisees the religious leaders of the day were mad all the time at jesus because jesus was talking to other people that they didn't want to talk to or feel that you should talk to or feel that old testament scriptures said you should talk to and so jesus came and talked to him he loved them he was he was kind he was generous he was gracious he was loving he was forgiving and that was hard for the religious establishment because that was messy and so we've been talking about that we started the series talking about time and priority like, because priority is messy because the world tells us we should be doing all this stuff and filling all of our time and with all these things in the world that necessarily aren't good. Like, even with sports, it's messy because people think you should choose extracurricular activities over the kingdom. And that's not, that's messy. That's the difference of priority of culture versus the priority of church and the Lord. That we should value church and our community with our body of believers above all else, but we don't. And that's where it gets messy because culture says the opposite. We should value selfishness and the things that we want for our kids and ourselves above everything else. Um, that even sports or our extracurriculars that they take priority over what, over, over gathering together. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church to, 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 to love Jesus. Well, you, you're, you're partially right. But if you love Jesus, you need to go to church. 
Um, there's a little bit of right there. There's not a lot of bit of right there. No, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. It's so, like taking one Bible verse and forgetting the rest. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, and then that was so the first week we talked about time and priority. How do you spend your time? Is is God actually a priority in your life or is it you? Because it's either you're either with God or you're against him. You're either for God or you're against him. You're either spending your time with God or or against him. Because if you're not spending your time for God, you're spending it against God. I mean, it's just really it's the case. You're spending it for yourself. There is no which middle is self, ground. Which is selfish. Yeah. So there is no middle ground. And I think people think, well, you know, I'm not hurting anyone by doing all these things and having all this fun. And people probably think that we're anti-sports, even though we've done a ton of sports. I've, I've not... I've not forsaken sports in any aspect of my life, but it's never been a value like it is for some people. Like no. sports was like a second or third thing after church, after my relationship with Christ. It was not a first priority. Like I never missed church for sports ever. No, no ever. Like my parents were like, you'll quit the sport first. We had a huge invitation I got pulled out of because we had a weekend yeah. retreat for church. And honestly, God blessed that. Yeah. Blessed that immensely. And if, if Christians was I understand, like God will bless you if you if you follow after him, he'll bless your kids if you follow after him. They'd be better off. They want to be happier, and but like that's that's what we talked about the first series. Um, then we talked about where the culture culture. Mark's alarm is going off. He's supposed to be working out right now. <laughs> uh, do your push-ups, Mark. Can't, uh, can't do push-ups. My hand. <laughs> we work. Mark and I work out every fifteen minutes when we work together, and uh, <laughs> the alarm goes off every fifteen minutes. It's great. You should do it too, Cody. Um, it's it's wonderful. I think you did it one uh. day. Did you do it one day? Yeah, I, I work out every day. Well, I know. But like, do you do the fifteen minute thing? <laughs> no, yeah. I when he's when I, sometimes I'll do it with him. Yeah, if he's good. working, it's good. So I like as it. an encouragement, I'm not doing it in Italy, but because um, I'll be busy and I'll be on trains. But um, so yeah. So anyways, uh, the second week we 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 went into the culture of conversation about what does the Bible say about who we are in Christ and our identity in Christ, which is the Imago Dei. We are the image of likeness of Christ. We find that in Genesis one twenty six. God made male and female. He made us who we are as his image and likeness. And so we talked about gender. We talked about the, the, the messy cultural conversation about gender right now. We established that what we believe as a church is the biblical imperatives, the things the Bible says we stand on and we, we hold firm to, which is God created male and female. And so that would be the viewpoint of not only Heart Lakes, but us as a ministry here. But we love people and recognize the world's broken. Absolutely. Culture's broken. And there's a lot of people who struggle with a lot of things, especially with understanding what their identity is and who they are. And we have to embrace people and walk them through these difficult conversations with love, grace, forgiveness, understanding, and bring them back to a, to a healthy understanding of God's role of identity through his word. Yeah. Instead of just saying, you're wrong, 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 wrong. Because that's what the church has done for generations, and that's been detrimental to the body of believers because people have felt wounded. They felt like the Pharisees are just telling them all these horrible things and not embracing them with love and grace like Christ did. And so we we understand that we are a church are called to love people no matter where they're at, no matter what sin they are doing, they're all equal. And we have to understand that my sins are just as equal as anybody else's. And I think it's important as we're talking about this. We, 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 we've clarified this a couple times, but it's important. We're not really, when we're talking about gender, we're not talking about specific instances with intersex people. Mm-hmm. Well, we, those are unique, very, very unique and low percentage situations that require a different kind of grace, a different kind of understanding, because that's a medical thing. 
Intersex well, people really, are people with both exactly. genetic markers yes. for male and female. They'd be XXY. That either have had to make it, whose parents have had to make a decision at birth, or who have to later in life make a decision, or who embrace who they are fully and have to walk through the very complex nature of being an intersex person mm-hmm. in the world today. Those are not the people that we're actually referring to when we're talking about there are, only, there are two defined genders in Scripture of what God has created. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people who, have, who are making a decision that how they feel or their emotions are going to dictate what their gender is. Yeah. And being an intersex person is, is difficult. And I've had a couple students in youth group yeah. <laughs> over the years. <clears throat> and it's hard. I'm just honestly, the conversations are hard. The hurt is, is real. Like trying to figure out what God, is my, God what is my identity people. in Christ? God what, honoring people. What is my identity in Christ and trying to honor God when the problem is they, they have genetic markers, genetic they're genetically both male and female, and then really they have to decide what is their identity in Christ. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And as a church, we got to love people that are walking through that. It's a very low percentage of people, like 0.018% last I saw. But it, but there are people in our community. And that is a that is, that's not the same thing as what's going on in culture no, right now. Um, that is a genetically um, specific situation. And what, as a church, we do is we honor people and we support who they see themselves to be because um, it's such a difficult thing in life that cannot be changed and so um you know if, if that is someone listening to this podcast we love you support you and we want to be there to help you walk through that because we know uh from experience from conversation it's, it's, it's difficult and we want to be a source a resource we're not talking about those conversations and culture when it comes no, to that no, no. and as even as a denomination our denomination stands on we support intersex individuals um to an extra level of love support grace and really understanding and who they who they are in Christ, how they've been created to be by Christ, and ultimately who they decide that they are as a as an intersex individual moving forward. I, I also think it's important for us as we're having the dialogue to understand you're never going to argue somebody into a belief system. You're just no. not. You're not going to argue somebody out of atheism into Christianity. You're not going to argue somebody out of out of um, transgenderism into this size gendered ideology that we that we espouse that we believe is exists in scripture. You're not going to argue them into it. What you're going to have to do, and this is what we always talk about, is you're going to have to build relationships with people. It's going to be messy and you have to show them the love of Christ because people are not going to turn to, they're not going to just turn to Jesus in your life because you argued them into it. Yeah. That does not happen. I, I can't expect people to agree with me uh, when my view of scripture until they, they know Jesus the way I know Jesus. Well, like, you can't expect people to agree with your view of scripture if you don't live it out. Yeah. And for, for us, what's that mean for us church? How does this look like? We love people. So if we come across a person who I don't agree with their view of, of who they are and their identity, what I do is I choose to honor them above all else. Yeah. And honoring doesn't mean that I have to accept their view of the world, but it does mean I have to love them with grace. And so that means calling somebody by the name they want to be called. Um, I love it. We were in a staff meeting almost, a, almost 10 years ago, so almost a decade now, and um, you... You said it was right around the time that uh, Bruce Jenner transitioned into Caitlyn Jenner. And your your question to the staff, which I loved and I still think about all the time, is w- would Jesus call Bruce Bruce or Caitlyn? And I think I think what we 
there was some pushback, right? Because it's a it's a radical thing to talk through. But ultimately, I think we we believe the position of honor, love is like it's no different than and than a nickname. We have this friend, or actually the chairman of our governance team, um, Brian Ferguson, and his legal name is Ronzel. He doesn't love being called Ronzel. He loves being called Brian, and that's how that's how he wants to be referred to. And like it would be dishonoring for me if knowing that I continue to call him Ronzel, right? Mm-hmm. Because because I chose because well that's your legal given name, and I'm going to do that, right? So when it comes down to honor, it's like we're not embracing sin. We're not embracing an improper ideology. We're honoring an individual, right, above all else because that shows love. Yeah, and, and I think what some, some Christians try to do is just say, well, I don't agree with you, and it's on the Bible, so I'm just going to tell you that all the time. That's, that's not loving. Like loving is entering into a relationship. People, if people know that you care first, then they're going to care about who you are and what you believe. And if you don't establish that you care about them first, they're never going to care about the Jesus that lives inside of you. And that's the first Because you're an uncaring, unloving person. And Jesus is caring and he's loving. Yes, he calls out sin when it's sin, when appropriate. Yeah. But he didn't, like, when, when he saw Zacchaeus in the tree, we just talked about the Sunday. He, he, Zacchaeus was a terrible sinner, horrible tax collector. He ripped people off. He stole from them. He climbed up in a tree to see Jesus do a ministry because he was shorter than everybody else in yeah. the sycamore tree. When Jesus came to a tree, he didn't say, hey, you terrible sinner, you horrible person, End your sin and get down now. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to eat at your house today. Like, there there was no discussion of sin at that moment. It was just I'm coming a over discussion of relationship. We're going to have a relationship. Yeah. Yes, then with the relationship, with the connection with Christ, Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to give everything back that I stole. I'm going to do more and do better. Like, that comes but with the relationship. relationship. The relationship, right? Yeah. The relationship is the key, yeah. right? We, we, we put the cart before the horse all the time. We want to call people out on sin with no relationship. We want to call people out on sin that, that don't herald the Bible as their... As they don't even live in the same world that we live in, right? Yeah. We expect people who are non-Christians to behave like Christians all the time, and it's exact. Jesus did the exact opposite. I expect non-Christians to act like non-Christians. Yes, and that's what I expect. I, I think that we should expect that, and we should love them into relationship with Jesus. And when they become Christians, then we help them figure out what that means. Yeah. Do they have to become perfect overnight? No, no. It's a process. It could take, take, it could take weeks, it could take months, it could take years for people. I mean, we have people who have been Christians for 30 years who are still working through the sins in their life. It's a journey, which sometimes I'm makes us uncomfortable. I'm still working sins in my life. Good gravy. Yeah. yeah, it's a journey which makes us uncomfortable, but we do it together. Yeah. And I think that for us as a church, we know what we stand on. We know what the Bible says. We know what we believe. But we also know that we're called to love people into relationship with Jesus and help them see God, a God who has love in and through the way we treat them. It's just like the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew what the Bible said. They knew what they, just didn't they knew, nice. but they didn't act very nice, right? And so Jesus has this in Matthew nine. There's this moment where the the Pharisees are questioning. Jesus has all these tax collectors and sinners that he's eating dinner with at Matthew's house, and they go, "Why is your why does your why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners?" And Jesus just goes like, "It's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick, right?" Mm-hmm. And then he says, "You know, I desire for I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Go and learn what this means." Which hearkening back to Hosea six six, where God tells Hosea that the, the the people he doesn't he wants them to have knowledge of God over animal sacrifice. Animal sacrifice was important, but the purpose of animal sacrifice for, for, was for them to reconcile their relationship, understand what their what their sin cost, and have a right relationship with the Lord. Right? right? Yeah. 
God's not sitting up there in heaven sniffing the 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 burnt aromas of the 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 your your cattle that you just sacrificed and going like I needed that. God does not need that. Right. Right? God does not need that. What God desires is for us to have a right relationship with him, right? right? And that's why when we talk about this stuff, our our example, right? Our example of mercy, of love and of grace to people who do not have a relationship with Jesus is a is a is is the work that God has called us to do. We are supposed to display that to people mm-hmm. in such a radical way that we love them different and better than anybody else in their life. It's like they may be we we believe weird stuff, but when they see how we live, they should want to live the way that we live. So what does that mean? I don't I don't, I don't treat anybody different. I treat everybody the same. Yep. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, treat the same because I believe I should love you equally. But I stand on God's word. I'm not going to sacrifice, and if, if, if asked, I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't agree with the Bible. No, I do agree with the Bible, 100%. And I know what the Bible says, but that doesn't change the way that I love people. It doesn't change the way I love an individual. Just because they're lost in sin doesn't mean I love them any different. I, lo- I should love them more because I, Jesus left the 99 to find the one that was lost. That's great love. So we should love people who are lost and love them back into relationship with Jesus or into relationship with Jesus the first time. And then we help them figure out all that stuff that would means, or we do that in the process. And so if you're, if you're listening to this as a church, we, we know what the Bible says. We stand on that word. We're not going to sacrifice that. We're not going to bend on that, but we are going to love people. And that's going to make us uncomfortable at times because that's going to be divergent from the beliefs that we have. And we have to embrace community and connection and give people hope that you can only be found in Christ. Well, like we this. love, we love, Oh, I'm, I'm myself there we go well we love people because the bible tells us to also like we love people because that's the bible tells us that's our guide like love people love god love people like we say because we pull it from the bible love god love people right and the response from community is not always going to be well received because people think that love people generally think that love means you have to accept and agree with them 100 percent. and i don't think i have to agree with people to love them there's things i don't agree with you on but I still yeah. love you. There's things I don't agree with Mark on, but I still love him. I know yeah. the same for you guys and me. Like we don't always agree with every decision that people make. We don't have to to love them. Yeah. That's the that's the way it is. You're a Browns fan. Like I don't agree with that. So yeah. like I'm you're, I'm a Bengals. You're a Bengals fan. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I'm just kidding. so like so like those <laughs> things. But I still love you, and that's the thing. And so some people like Ohio State. I mean, yeah, it gets hard. I love David Weaver though. So I know. Gosh, uh, I'm not going to complain. That's a second call out for David Weaver. Man. I do. I mean, he's the only one I know right now that likes Ohio State. But know, there's, there's some others, but they just don't. They don't wear. I got a family that likes. They don't wear it as probably as David. So you need to start telling David <laughs> by listening to the podcast. He's getting shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's from our Jackson. I like this. Know. I think I, when we when we talk about the Bible, I think a lot of times Christians grab the Bible to use as a club, and we should be grabbing it to use like bandages. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good that's a good analogy. Uh, last thing, uh, last the last messy series we talked about. I, I not only the identity as in who we are as male and female, but we talked about orientation, um, and so who are we attracted to. And we very clearly talked about our position as a church is essentially we follow scripture, you know, male and female. God created man to marry woman, to have a life, to raise family. That's our view in the Bible. But again, like anything else, our goal is to love people. And we recognize the world's broken. People have attractions that are not aligned with scripture. And as, as a church, we have to love people in the midst of those, those attractions, those temptations. Like, and honestly, 
It's no different than anything else. We believe that people have uh, a temptation for alcohol, an attraction to drinking uh, too much, to, to drunkenness, to drugs, to yeah. inappropriate behaviors of all kinds, just like anything else. And we consider all those things equal, not ones more or worse than others. I mean, we have, I mean, the statistics we saw is like 70% of men are into porn. Like, that's a significant temptation and attraction that. That goes outside of I'm alignment with scripture. That seems, it's probably higher. It, it seems low to me, right? Uh, and women now is like 50% last of statistics yeah. I saw. So, like, ultimately, those are temptations and attractions that people have to things that, are, that do not line up with scripture as well. And so it's all equal. It's all sin. What we do is we love people in the midst of those difficult situations. We help them work their way back to Christ. There's things I don't do that I am tempted to do because I'm a man of God. And I put that aside because it doesn't line up with scripture. That is in every aspect or every area of your life. Yeah, um, I'm I'm faithful to my wife because I love her. But the nature of being a man is you are attracted to all all kinds of people and all kind. You know that's just the way it is. And so you want to you want to be a man. That's what society pushes, and that you have those attractions. So if you act on those, you ruin your life, you ruin your marriage, and you make horrible choices. And so you can't act on the things like that you want to do. You have to live in agreement with scripture if you're a believer and stand on that scripture. And it gets messy because you're trying to love people who don't line up with that, but you still got to love them and not treat them any different. Like you don't have to accept them as we talked about, but you have to love people. You have to honor people. You have to give them respect because God created them and they're a creation of his and they're just lost. And when they're lost, like you said, they need a bandage and that bandage is, is the Bible and it's God's word. But Unless you ever have a relationship, I'm never going to ask you to put the bandage on. It's true. Right. Yep. I mean, I, I think I think it's definitely something, you know, as you listen to the podcast, I think we definitely, we need to dive more into that on another episode and stay tuned because there's a lot to unpack there, right? There's a there lot is. to unpack. There is. And, and the truth is we, we, I know <laughs> it's funny because, when you choose the, you, you find out when you choose the route that Jesus chose to love people, to, to call out sin within people who claim the Lord and to live out the values that exist in scripture, like you become attacked, right? Yeah, you become yeah. attacked because those, and it doesn't matter it, by well-meaning people too, because well-meaning people mess it up all the time. We all mess it up. The yeah. system is not built on perfection. It's built on the idea that the the jar will break and you will you will have to work with a jar that has cracks in it, right? That is that's the idea. Like our broken, fallen world is messy and doing ministry is messy. messy. Jesus lived Jesus lived and we, we how he lived was messy. The Bible's clear. We're not called to judge unbelievers. We're called to judge each other. We're exactly. called to hold, hold each other accountable to sin. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite, right? The, don't judge yeah. me. I, 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 no, I, that's actually my job. I can't. I hate when Christians tell me they can't be judged. No, the, it's very clear in Scripture. You're supposed to judge. Don't judge other, me. We all supposed, sin. You're that's supposed not, to hold each other accountable about. and um, help each other be the best followers of Christ can be. Yeah. But if you're, not a, if you're not a believer, you're not to be held accountable by believers. Like. No. You're held accountable by God, ultimately. Yeah. And we all are. But, like, our job is to love people into a relationship with Jesus so that accountability can come from the Holy Spirit. We are not accountability partners for non-Christians. We're not. No. That's not our job. And so we just love people. And so the default for us is we're going to love people right where they're at, whatever they're struggling with, um, whatever temptation, whatever sin, whatever issue they're struggling with, we're going to love them there. Not to help keep them there, but to walk them on on a path that hopefully 
They'll have genuine relationship with Christ. It's life-changing. And that will help them with those temptations, those desires, and those sins in a way that makes them and molds them more into the image of Christ. And we, we assist, we love, we encourage, we teach, we train, we do all those things. But we do that with Christ. And we do that. We don't try to replace Christ in that process. And what we do is we love people by default. So that's our, that's our view as a church. We're going to love everybody, no matter who they are. Uh, but we are going to know who we are as a church and what we stand on God's the pairs of Scripture but also still love people. And I think that's where a lot of churches get it wrong. They try to stay on the imperative of scripture and they end up being horrible people and terrible to others and, and terrible to outsiders who are not part of the kingdom. And that's not our goal. If I have, if I have all these things, but not love. Yep. We got nothing. And so hopefully we got love here. So thanks for listening to the Holocast. We'll catch you on another episode.